Good morning, Hopers. Welcome to another Thursday Hope Daily. I'm Pastor Ryan, and I am going to continue going through Living Grace, Walking Love by Bob Goff, a 365-day devotional. That is all about what it says in the title, Living in Grace and Walking in Love. I've been going through this for several weeks at this point, and today I'm actually going to skip ahead to day 28 of the book, which is titled, Faith Isn't Figuring Out What We're Able to Do, It's Deciding What We're Going to Do Even When We Think We Can't. Now, I'll get to the scripture that he references for this devotional, but I want to start with what he writes first, um, this little paragraph that I think gives us a really good frame of reference for where he's coming from with this um, passage, which he says, I love how much Jesus talked about kids when he taught. He spoke to audiences packed with people who had memorized entire books of the Bible, religious leaders who were the recognized authorities on religious truth, leaders in the community. I bet they expected to be commended by Jesus for all their titles and degrees and perhaps affirmed as the ones who should be the guide for everyone else. Yet this isn't how Jesus rolled. Instead, he pointed to a couple of kids and told everyone that if they wanted to find understanding, they would need to trade in their large, complicated faith and have faith like a child. And the scripture that he uses to back this up is Luke chapter 18, verse 27, which reads, Jesus replied, what is impossible with man is possible with God. I'd like to look at what Jesus is actually replying to. I think it's kind of interesting that Bob Goff leaves that out. I'm not sure why. I'm sure it's just a safe space in the book. But um, Jesus is replying to the question, who then can be saved in Luke 18:26, which is a question that came from a wealthy man who asked Jesus how he could in- inherit eternal life and to which Jesus responded, how hard is it for the rich to enter the kingdom of God? Indeed, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle, right? And we've all heard that verse before. And so the man responds, who then can be saved? And that's when Jesus says, what is impossible with man is possible with God. And I think this is really good context for this idea that faith isn't figuring out what we're able to do, but instead deciding what we're going to do, even when we think we can't. Because a lot of the time we think of our service to God in terms of what we have and what we think we're capable of. We think about our resources, our time, our money, our house, um, and our skills, our talents, our physical health, and things like that. And we deter- we use that as a gauge to determine what we're willing or able to sacrifice, to give up, to commit to God. And Jesus' point here, when he's telling the rich man that it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of heaven, isn't necessarily that rich people cannot go to heaven, Or else he would have told the man when he asked who then could be saved, well, not you. (laughs) Instead, he gives a much more encouraging answer, which is what is impossible with man is possible with God. The point that Jesus is making in this passage is that we cannot try to use worldly means to achieve heavenly goals. And we can argue all day or for years or centuries about the um, theological implications of the rich comments that Jesus makes. But I think that a key aspect that we could take away rather simply is that people who are wealthy tend to be more reliant upon that wealth. People who have a lot of resources here on earth tend to be more reliant on those resources. And since those resources cannot get you to heaven, if you're too reliant on those resources, then it's less likely for you to be reliant on God, which is the only way that you can actually get to heaven. So his point here, what is impossible with man is possible with God. I think we can take and apply to this passage in Bob Goff's book that 
our faith cannot be based on what we think we're capable of. Our faith cannot be based on what we think that we can offer, what we think we can commit. Our faith has to be based on the impossibly infinite power and resources that God can provide. Our faith should be always focused and centered on Christ and God and that divine image, not centered on us. We too often think of our faith in God as our faith, when really it's a much more productive and spiritually healthy point of view to center your faith on the one in which you put your faith. Instead of asking, how can I have more faith? Instead of praying, God, give me more faith. We should be focusing on God and our faith will grow naturally from that focus on God who gives our faith purpose. And then obviously as a children's pastor, I love this idea of how Jesus just loved kids, right? It's such a frequently missed point when it comes to the reasons why we do children's ministry, right? So often people talk about Proverbs 2.26, which is train your child up in the way he should go. Um, but that's a great verse. I'm not saying it's not a good verse. I'm just saying that another reason why we should really look at children's ministry as important comes from Jesus's own treatment and thinking about children that he shared with the people he was teaching to. And a great example would be Matthew chapter 18, which starts at in verse one. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus saying, who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And calling to him a child, he put him in the midst of them and said, truly, I say to you, unless you turn and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Whoever receives one such child in my name receives me. But whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him to have a great millstone fastened around his neck and to be drowned in the depth of the sea. In this, these verses, 18, uh, chapter 18, verses 1 through 4, actually verses 1 through 6, sorry, really show just how much passion and love Jesus had for the little children. We see that he upholds him as the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And we think about what it means to have a childlike faith. It's like Bob Goff said, we often... We oftentimes have a complicated faith instead of a childlike faith. One of those things where faith is simple, right? The good news is simple, that Jesus died on the cross, that Jesus was our, our God, that he was our Lord, he was our Savior, that he was 100% God, 100% man, and he died on the cross for our sins, and he had to do that. It was the only way to save everyone in the world from sin when the penalty is death. It was to have someone who was perfect, who was God, pay with their own death. And so it is through grace by faith we are saved, right? That is so simple. It doesn't cover all of the different morality questions that we bring up as, you know, thinking adults. It doesn't bring up all the political questions that we bring up. It doesn't bring up all of these things that we use to complicate the message. I'm not saying that those things aren't important, but what I am saying is that we tend to get wrapped up in these complications, these questions that we don't know the answers to, instead of having faith in God to guide us, instead of having faith in God to lead the way, instead of having faith that God will take care of it for us, and that all we have to do is trust Him and trust in His grace, instead of having that simple childlike faith we complicate things to the point where we end up judging people instead of loving people, where we end up throwing people out instead of embracing people and welcoming more people in the way that we're supposed to. The idea of a childlike faith is just this, what is impossible with man is possible with God. Do you really believe that? You should. Why don't you? And I, I know that you might be thinking, well, I do think that, but do you? Do you really think that everything that is impossible is actually possible with God? Can you walk on water like Peter did? 
I don't know if you've ever noticed. Um, I, I know that I spend a lot of time in that youth room, and I don't see everyone very often. But on my glasses, I have the verse Ephesians three twenty. Um, just the reference kind of engraved on the side of my glasses, and I've had that on my glasses for years. And Ephesians 3.20 reads, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power, is at work within us. And I have always loved that verse because it just communicates this idea that God's power, God's power, the power that created everything that exists, the reason for all of existence, every single atom, every molecule, all the energy in the universe. Everything exists because of this power that is within us at work. Yet most of us go about our daily lives timid and weak, as if this infinite power in the spirit does not dwell within us the way scripture promises us. We go through our daily lives relying on our man-made resources, our man-made jobs, our own physical strength, our limited power, our human power, rather than relying on God. And so we are called to decide what we're going to do, even when we think we can't. We're called to have vision. We're called to jump into the unknown, holding on to God as tightly as we can, and trusting him that even if we fall, he'll always pick us up. And I pray that you will have that kind of faith. I pray that you allow that to transform your lives. I pray that that I will allow that to transform my life because I am not claiming that I do this. I am, I would be a hypocrite to say that I have that kind of faith. And I pray for all of us, for our own good and for the good of the church here and everywhere in the world, that we can have that faith. And I know that he can do it. So I pray that you'll pray that prayer with me. Thank you for listening.